This message is presented to you by Pastor David Lambert and Exceed Life Church in Virginia Beach, Virginia. For more information, visit ExceedLifeChurch.org. Today, um, we're going to focus on freedom in Jesus, and this is part three. And uh, we're going to look at our, our main text, which is 2 Corinthians 10, 4 and 6. Uh, we're going to read this. I'm reading this out of the uh, nearly inspired version. No, the NIV, which is the New International Version. And um, that's just a joke. <laughs> you guys will pick it up. And uh, let's look at 2 Corinthians 10, 4 through 6. And it says here, the weapons we fight with are not weapons of the world. On the contrary, they have divine power to demolish strongholds. We demolish arguments and every pretension that sets itself up against the knowledge of God, and we take to captivity every thought to make it obedient to Christ, and we will be ready to punish every act of disobedience once, our, once your obedience is complete. Amen? So he's saying here that, you know, we don't have natural weapons. We have supernatural weapons. And that's good because I like that because, you know, we, you, know you do have an enemy, and that's the devil. And, but what's great about it is he is a spiritual being. He's a fallen angel. And he does have demons that work with him. But thank God they can't use anything supernaturally, super, supernatural against us. In other words, they can only, you know, the devil can only tempt and test you and try you and try to whisper in your ear and try to get you to believe a lie. Amen. And so if the devil can get you to believe a lie, then that's where we're sunk. Amen? Amen? And that's where we have strongholds and some people are believing lies even in church. Um, and so hopefully when I minister the word of God, it will undo any lies or any deception that you might be in. And, and I'm going to say this, not everybody is totally free. You think you're totally free, but there's still areas in our lives where we might need to be set free of. And you say, no, pastor, I don't sin. I don't do anything wrong. Well, pride might be an area that you might need to be set free. People that don't normally do wrong things tend to deal with pride. They look down at other people that mess up and then they're, they're, they have pride to deal with. And and it's only, you know, self-righteousness is, is, is a bad situation. You don't want to be in self-righteousness. We want to be in God's righteousness. Amen? So, so really, a stronghold is a prisoner locked by deception. And, and so really, uh, that's a person that doesn't know they're deceived. So they're in deception. They don't know they're in deception. And that's the worst place for a Christian to be is to be deceived not knowing, because how will you get out of something you don't know? And the only way you can do that is with the truth of God's word. Uh, another uh, definition of a stronghold, which we talked about that the first week, is living life by something that is not true. I would hate, you know, a lot of people are living life by things that aren't true. Can I get out of my seat today? And, um, and you know, I mean, there's people that are, are believing that their church, just joining a church, is going to get them to heaven. That's a lie. Amen. Some people think just tithing and just giving tithes and offerings and uh, that's going to be enough to, to be good enough for God to get to heaven. No. All your works is not going to do it. Amen. Somebody say grace. grace. It's only by God's grace that we make it in. Amen? Amen. And so we have to put our faith and trust in Jesus. Yes. Amen. 
So, so, what, so another uh, definition of stronghold is a way of thinking that opposes the truth of God's word. Um, so it's a way of thinking that opposes the truth of God's word. In other words, worldly philosophies. And I'm telling you, there's a lot of worldly philosophies out there. But we, don't, we want to go with the God's word. Amen? Amen. So, so we talked about strongholds. And how are we going to overcome strongholds? We, we overcome them by allowing God's word to transform our minds. I like what it says in Romans 12 too. It says, and do not be conformed to this world. Which, when, when Paul wrote this, he's saying, he's, he's, he's saying to us that, that it's a possibility that we can be conformed to this world. Because he's saying, do not be conformed. So there's a possibility that we can be conformed. Is that right? And so uh, those are possibilities there. But he says, but be transformed. Any transformers in here? Be transformed by the renewing of your mind that you may prove what is the good and acceptable and perfect will of God. So, so again, we don't want to be conformed to the world. We don't want the world to mold us into what it's telling us to be. But we want to be transformed and we are being transformed, hopefully, more and more every day. Last week we talked about addictions. And, uh, you know, uh, a lot of people don't believe that they're addicted. I, I think I, I, I'm going to admit that I think I'm addicted to coffee. Amen. That's, that's, uh, that's an addiction. I, I, you know, I like my coffee. Anybody will admit that they might be addicted. To, you don't want to get rid of it. Amen. So, uh, you know, but th- those are things that hopefully won't hurt you. Amen. Um, but there are addictions out there that can destroy your life. And addiction is anything that I do that I don't want to do, but I can't seem to stop doing it. And so, you know, there's things in our lives where, you know, I, I said last week, you know, if I want to dumb it down a little bit, bad habits. But, but bad habits can destroy your life. Amen. You know, you, you want to have good habits. So, so really, another definition is uh, uh, an addiction is anything that enslaves us to a particular habit that is not good for us. So, so we don't want to be enslaved. I want to be enslaved to God. I want to be enslaved to the word of God. But I don't want to be enslaved to anything that's going to pull me away from God. Can I get an amen in here? Or an oh me? And so, so today, uh, it's a strong topic in here. I, it's going to be rated PG-13 because we're going to be talking about a topic that needs to be addressed in the church. And it's not really addressed in the church. Are you ready? Hold on. Uh, today's topic is focused on sexual strongholds. Oh, man, Pastor, you had to go there today. Sexual strongholds. You know, you know, anything that God, you know, he, God gives us each desires. You have a, an appetite for food, but those appetites can get out of bounds. And also God gives us, uh, you know, he gives us an appetite um, for, for sex, and, and that's for procreation. Amen. That's for having more babies. Glory to God. And that's for really bringing unity in a relationship with a man and a woman in marriage. Amen. Did I say in marriage? Yes. Amen. In marriage, in the context of marriage. Amen. Amen. But, you know, outside of marriage, sex is illegal according to the word of God. Amen. Can I get an amen there? Amen. It, 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 it's, it, it's not right outside of marriage, but in marriage you can be the most beautiful thing in the world, it's a bonding thing. It can be the most intimate thing between two people. 
in the bonds of, of holy matrimony. But, it, you know, it's, in, it's, it, it's amazing to me people grow up in church and they're, and, they're, and they're thinking that they can do it better than what the Bible says that we need to do it. And the Bible says we need to do it God's way. Amen? And so the devil wants to prefer anything that is good. And, and I'm going to say this, and, you, you know, you may have heard sex is bad. No, sex is good in marriage. It's bad outside of marriage because it can destroy your life. Can I get an amen or oh me? And so the, the devil likes to pervert what God made is good. And he wants to pervert it and make it into something totally different. Sex is really about love. It's not about lust. Okay. You're preaching today, Pastor. It's not about lust. It's about love. And when you got two married people and they're trying to please each other, not trying to get something from me. Okay, there you go. Boy, I'm preaching today. And so we, it's about love. You, you know, husbands, you give yourself to your wives. Wives, you give yourself to your husbands. And it's in love. You want to out-love each other. Amen. This should be a marriage seminar. Amen. And so we're in the end days. And, and Jesus said it's going to be like the days of Noah and Lot before Jesus comes back. And, you know, it's amazing to me. I, you know, I even have relatives that, that, that are not living right. They grew up in church. I don't know what church they, they, you know, I don't know, but they're not living right. People are living, you know, outside the bonds of marriage. They're shacking up. And, you know, that's not good because because there's no trust in that. And how can you trust a person if you can leave that, if you can leave that person anytime? But marriage should be a bonding thing where you're saying, I'm committed to you forever. Can I get an amen there? And so, but when you don't have any real commitment in a relationship, where is the trust built? There's not, there's very little trust there. And so you see, you have people living together, but you know, they don't have a lot of trust and they can get up and go anytime they want. Amen. And I know you could do that in a marriage relationship too, but at least it's a little bit more bonding and hopefully it's in the eyes of the Lord. But, but the days of Noah, what are the days of Noah going to be like? Well, I looked up Genesis 6, 5 through 6. And this is uh, the, the days of Noah. It says, The Lord saw the wickedness of man was great in the earth, and that every intent of the thoughts of his heart was only on evil, continually. And the Lord was sorry that he made man on the earth, and he was grieved in his heart. So, so some people say, you can't grieve God. You know, you, know, you can't grieve. You can grieve the Holy Spirit. Some people think, oh, no, we're we're covered by the blood. God loves us. Yeah, he loves you, but you still can you can still grieve him and you can grieve his heart. And what grieves God is our minds being focused on evil. We don't want to we don't want to be focused in that area. And so really the society will try to get your mind going in a track or a direction that's not good. Are you hearing what I'm saying to you today? TV, movies, they sprinkle just a little bit in there. You know, 95% of the movie could be great, but it's that 5% that they put in there to try to get you off track. It's that little bit of nudity. It's that, it's that little bit of cursing. It's the little bit of things. And, you know, we say, well, just a little bit, Pastor, won't mess me up. Well, you know, a little bit can sink your boat. 
It just takes a little bit. You know, it talks about in, in the Old Testament, it talks about a fly in the ointment makes, or the perfume makes the entire bottle of perfume smell bad. Just a little fly. So a little bit of sin can make our lives smell a little bad. Can I, can I get a witness in the house today? So, so really, our society is going one way, and we got to make sure that we're not being swept down into that, that lower lifestyle that the society wants us to go in to. Now, Romans 1.21, let's look at this. It says, it says Romans 1, 21 through 25, and I'm reading out the New Living Translation. And, and Romans is a very strong book. It says, yes, and this is God. He says, uh, this is uh, Paul writing this under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit. He says, yes, they knew God, but they wouldn't worship him as God, even give him thanks. So he's saying there, there are people that has a knowing. Everybody has a knowing that there's God. Because God, there's a, there's a, a flicker of light in every human being. And, and eternity is placed in every one of our hearts. And really, even atheists really know they don't want to admit to it because they're pushing the truth down. They know there's a God. Amen. But they don't want to admit to it. And it says here that there's people that even go to, went to church at one time. Anybody ever went to church and then backslid out of church? Anybody ever backslid out of church? Any backsliders out here? And uh, we went to church, but you can backslide out of the grace of God. Go your way. God's not going to control you and make you serve him. And it says here that they wouldn't worship him. In other words, uh, keep worshiping God. The devil doesn't want you to worship him. I remember I was in a backslidden state one time. And I was out of church. I wasn't going to church. Living my life for myself. And this many years ago. And God started drawing me back to him. I started having marital problems. And uh, God started, draw this is before Yen, amen. And God started drawing me back to him. And one of the first things I started doing was I found some old CDs, worship CDs, that I haven't worshipped God in a while, and I played them. And I started worshipping God, amen. What, and, and I started getting the reality that God is real, that God is alive, that God is still on the throne. So any time that we start drifting away from the things of God, we forget that God is even here. Is that, can I get an amen? amen? And so it says here that the people, I'm going to continue to read on, and, the, and they begin to think of foolish ideas of what God was like. As a result, their minds became dark and confused. So when, when we start thinking of, you know, when, we, when we're not with the word of God, uh, and we start thinking of how the world thinks, your mind will become dark and confused. And the light of God's word will, will open up any darkness or any confusion in our lives. Do you believe that today? Amen. Amen. So you don't have to be dark and confused today. Then they said, claiming to be wise, they instead became utter fools. And instead of worshiping uh, the glorious ever-living God, they worship idols made to look like mere people and birds and animals and reptiles. Well, we don't normally do that today, but we do have our idols uh, uh, you know, we do have the movie stars and the sports figures that lots of people worship and want to emulate. But you should be wanting to emulate Jesus. Amen. So God abandoned them to do whatever shameful things of their heart desired. As a result, they did vile and degrading things with each other's bodies. They traded the truth of God for a lie. So they worship and serve the things God created instead of, instead of the creator himself who is worthy of eternal praise 
and amen. You, say, you may be saying, Pastor, I didn't, want, I, didn't, I didn't come in here for this. I want a positive, motivational message. This is going to be positive and motivational if you can get out of anything that's hurting you. Amen? amen. So let me dispel some sex lies today. And the first sex lie is that sex is an animalistic action. Sex is an animalistic action. We are not animals. We, we're, 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 we're created on a higher level than animals. Animals have instinct. Animals have instinct on the inside and they procreate as well. But it's an instinct that they have. And so, but, but we are created in the image of God. Somebody say, I'm a speaking spirit. Amen. And, and you are created in the image of God and you can make choices. Where animals don't, they, they, they have instinct. Uh, you know, and, and they will, you know, some, I, we used to have a dog and, and our dog would, have you ever heard the word being heat? Have you ever, and the dog was wanting to get up with another dog. Dogs are dogs. And sometimes we would put a diaper on our dog. We didn't want our dog to get pregnant. Anybody know what I'm talking about here? Amen. And, 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 they, and they will, if they see another animal, they're like that, you know. But just because you see somebody attractive doesn't mean you need to be like that. Amen. A dog. Hello. Oh, you hear what I'm saying to you today. Amen. Amen. Somebody may say, well, I'm married, but I'm not dead. You better be dead in that area. Your wife will tell you you better be dead in that area. The Bible says, mortify the deeds of the flesh. What does that mean? That means you need to mortify those things. You want, want to call it dead. I heard one minister, one prostitute, was, well, was, he was in a hotel, and he was ministering in a church, but this prostitute was propositioning him. And uh, she said, would you like to spend some time together? And he said, I'm a dead man. I'm a dead man. And she said, well, how long have you had that problem? Are you hearing what I'm saying to you today? Then he said, no, I'm a preacher. You need to. She ran, he ran her off. Amen. But are you hearing what I'm saying to you today? You have to consider your members dead to the, to the things of the flesh. And I'm going to say this, that you can, be the mo- you can be a godly person and you can read your Bible and you can come to church every Sunday. You can be a tither. You can be working in the church. You can be the number one, you know, person in the church doing most of the things and you still can fall under sexual temptation don't think you can't and the day you think you can't fall under sexual temptation is the day that you will fall under sexual temptation because it's out there it's out there everywhere you go everywhere you look it's out there i mean i mean the tv everything it's so out there and and so that's why you got to be, be, be careful, amen? And so let's look at this story here, uh, uh, King David. And, uh, you know, kiddingly, he was the first peeping Tom in the Bible. Okay. Anybody ever heard of that terminology, peeping Tom? That means you're looking at something you don't supposed to be looking at. That's in the old days, that would be people that would look in people's houses look and, and look at what people were doing in their houses. It was called Peeping Tom. So, 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 so he was sort of like that because let's look at this in 2 Samuel 11, 1 through 5. Let's just look at this story because I think it, it, it's good to, to study some of the patriarchs. Now, you know, David's called a man after God's own heart. Amen. You know, David, David, I mean, God established the kingdom through David. But David, David was a giant killer. I mean, he was a warrior. 
but he allowed his eyes and his flesh to take him down. And you can be a warrior, you can, be a, 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 you can love God, but you still can be taken down by, by, by sexual temptation. And you've got to guard yourself. So it says in 2 Samuel 11, 1 through 5, it says, It happened in the spring of the year at the time when the kings go out to battle that David sent Joab and his servants with him and all Israel uh, and that they destroyed the people of Ammon and besieged uh, Reba. But David remained in Jerusalem. So this is important too. If you're going to try to avoid sexual temptation, you might want to be be keeping yourself busy. Sometimes, you know, we, we have too much time on our hands. And when we have too much time and we're not, we're not focused and we're not keeping ourselves busy, boredom comes in and the enemy wants you to, it will, will tempt you to try to shake it up a little bit. Are you hearing what I'm saying to you today? But David was supposed to go out as the kings go out in battle. You are in a battle today. And you need to understand this, and it's a battle over your soul. And whoever controls your soul will control your destiny. And you don't want your flesh, you don't want the devil controlling your soul. No, you want your spirit to control your soul, glory to God. I'm telling you, your spirit always wants to do right. It's the flesh that wants to do wrong. It has a tendency to want to do wrong. The flesh wants to be coddled. The flesh wants to be pampered. The flesh, are you hearing what I'm saying to you today? So this is here. Then it happened. One evening that David arose from his bed and walked on the roof of, of the king's house. And from the roof he saw a woman bathing. And the woman was very beautiful to behold. So David sent an see. So that was the problem. He saw this beautiful woman bathing, Bathsheba, and he and he did not control his thoughts. He allowed he he allowed his eyes to take in this beautiful woman, and then then guess what? The enemy started tempting him. Hey, find out who she is. Find out what she's all about. Amen. And so it says here, so David sent out and inquired about the woman. And someone said, this is, is this not Bathsheba, the daughter of Eliam, the wife of Uriah, the, the Hittite? Then he should have stopped right there. When he said a wife of his, 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 his he should have stopped. That's it. There, there's, I'm drawing the line. You know, there's some commandments that King David broke. What? He broke some commandments. I'm talking, I'm part of some of the Ten Commandments. You know what I'm saying? But you know what? If you allow your imagination to go a little wild and you allow your thoughts to go a certain way and the enemy will get you trying to move into a certain direction that you can't seem to pull out. Are you hearing what I'm saying to you today? And that's where he should have stopped. Then David sent messengers and took her and she came to him and he laid with her. Well, he's the king, right? For she was uh, cleansed from her impurity, and she returned to her house, and the woman conceived. So she sent and told David and said, I am with child. So, 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 what, so the, what, what's the more of this story? The seeds you sow today may be the harvest you re- reap tomorrow. 
So he didn't intend for that to happen. David didn't, int- he wanted to, it to be a secret thing. But guess what? It wasn't a secret thing any longer. And then what did David start, what did he do? He had, he had Uriah come back off the field and he tried to design a plot to get him, uh, Uriah, to, the Hittite, to, to, to um, be with his wife. And Uriah was more honorable than David. He wanted to do it. He would sleep on the doorsteps of the kingdom. He said, how can I lay with my wife knowing that there's people out in the field fighting? And so he was an honorable man. Are you hearing what I'm saying to you today? So, 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 so David ended up killing Uriah to cover up the sin that he had with Bathsheba and ended up marrying her. And that was not a good situation. And see, what happened was that God, you know, a year later, uh, the prophet came to him, Nathan came to him and, and, and gave him a story and revealed to David his sin. Sometimes we don't want to look at when we're in sin. We don't want to think about that we are in sin. And sometimes it, it takes some confrontation of somebody to come to you and say, are you in sin? And David was in sin. But you know what the great thing about David was? He repented. And you can repent. He repented. But you know what? God said that there was going to be a curse on David's family because of his sin. And that bloodshed would be in his household. I'm telling you, your sin, you're not just sinning to yourself. Your sin will affect your children. Will affect your family. Can't affect other people in a negative way. Some of us think, oh, our sin is just our sin. And it's just between me and my sin. No. No, you're not an island unto yourself. We, when you get into the body, you're in the body of Christ. And, and we are connected with one another. And when one falls, we all fall. When one wins, we all win. We all hurt when somebody falls. Let me put it that way. We don't fall because they fall. We, we hurt because they fall. Amen. And so, so we, we need to understand this. David almost lost the kingship over that. But God had grace and mercy, and God has grace and mercy for each one of us. Another sex lie is, uh, sex is a recreational activity. You know, and, and, and this is how the world views sex. It's something that you can do for fun without consequences. Sex is more than a recreational activity. It's a bonding between two individuals. Or you hear what I'm saying to you? It's designed to bond people together. And there are some people you may not want to be bonded to. Can I, get, can I get a witness in the house today? And so anytime we, we have sex out of mar- uh, outside of marriage in the name of fun, it takes a piece of our soul away. It will destroy the closeness of us to God because it will create a hardened heart in our lives. And I don't know about you, but I want to feel God every day. I want to know that God is here every day. I want to sense his presence on my life. I don't want to do anything that will keep me from experiencing God's peace and experiencing God's joy and, and just experiencing the closeness with God because I, I want to feel God. How many people want to feel God? Want to sense his presence? I come to church to feel God. I, well, I know it's not just feeling God. I know we go by faith, but it's nice to sense the presence of God in the atmosphere. I like peace in my life. When you got peace, shalom, nothing missing, nothing broken, it's like a little slice of heaven. 
And I want to walk in a heavenly realm, don't you? I don't want to be in a hellish realm. You're this close from walking from heavenly realm to a hellish realm, one click away from your iPhone. Are you here? Am I I talking to anybody today? Glory to God. So we see this, that there is responsibility with sex, amen? It will destroy our closeness with God. One thing we don't realize, sex can create soul ties to another individual, and and it's not good for us. Samson, uh, uh, he had a relationship with Delilah. And Samson was a man of God, a judge that God called to do great and mighty things. And he did great and mighty things in God's name. And so, but Samson ended up having uh, sexual relations with Delilah. And uh, maybe it started out as recreational activity, just fun. We're just hooking up to have fun. But guess what? She won his heart. She ended up pulling. See, listen, it's not just a physical thing. Your heart can be pulled into a direction. And his heart was pulled into a direction where he didn't realize. I mean, she was a Philistine. These were the people that he was getting rid of in the kingdom. The, the Philistines was really his arch enemy, and she was dating a Philistine. He was dating a Philistine. And so she was more loyal to her people than him. And so the, the sexual relationship clouded his judgment. And it will cloud your judgment. And it will cause you to think one way, and, and it will cause you to think, and really, it, he was deceived in thinking that she was really for him. And when she started inquiring, what's the power of your strength? What, what, what gives you the ability to be able to do what you do? And he, he, you know, she just wore him down. And that's how the enemy is. He will try to wear you down. That's why you need to get some good Christian friends. That's why you need to get good people around you. Because the enemy will try to wear you down. And he got wore down. And he finally said, it's my hair. You cut my hair off, I'd be just like any man. And so what, he got his hair cut off, and he still thought he had the anointing on his life. He still thought he could take down the enemy. And I'm going to say this to you, if you're dabbling in that area, the anointing is leaving. The power of God's leaving you for a season. You're not going to be able to do anything unless you get back to God. I want the anointing of God on my life. The yoke destroying, burden removing, power of God on my life. I don't want to do anything that will compromise that in my life. Are you hearing what I'm saying to you today? Because God wants you free, glory to God. Amen. Are you listening to me today? And so line number three is it's an isolated event. Sex is an, you may say, what does that mean? It's just kept in the context of that moment. It's just between you and that situation. You know, that's a lie. You know, sometimes I'm going to say this, that uh, we got to be very careful with the Internet. It's the Internet can be the most blessed thing ever created by man. And it can be the most worst thing ever created by man. Because on one side of it, you can you can pull up worship music and you can watch preachers and you can enhance your life on the Internet. On the other side, there's a dark side of the Internet that we got to be careful of. And that dark side is pornography, and it will destroy your life. And we got to be very careful that we're not clicking on those sites, because it will drain your soul. 
Are you here when some of you ladies say, I wish my husband was here today to hear this message? Glory to God. You know, I've been doing some statistic studies in the church to say 50% of men are, 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 are watching porn. 50%? Amen. That's a high. That's high. Amen. And now even ladies are looking at it these days. And, that, and ladies normally love the romance novels. Isn't that right, ladies? You like the romance novels, right? Because I mean, you like the relationships. Okay, maybe not. But ladies, you can be pulled into it as well. It's not just a man's sin. It's not just a man's world. It's a woman's world too. And a woman can be pulled into it just as much as a man can be. So women, you're not excluded out of this message today. Are you listening to me today? It's not an isolated event that, that's between you and that issue. Listen, it, it will destroy your life. You know, it says in Titus 1.15, everything is pure to those whose hearts are pure, but nothing is pure to those who are corrupt. Amen. And unbelieving because their minds and their consciences are corrupted. So what is that saying? That's saying that the enemy wants to corrupt our minds and make sex into something that is lust. And it's something that was never designed to be. And, and, you know, some, some person might say that I'm going off track. Can I go off track a little bit? Some, some, uh, some husband might say, well, I'm watching it so I can be a better lover to my wife. <laughs> Are you listening to what I'm saying to you? It sounds very noble. Wife, um, honey, I'm just trying to be better for you, you know, when we get together, right? I'm trying to get some pointers. <laughs> Are you hearing what I'm saying? You know what? I've done my studies it actually, they say that those that view it quite often makes them worse than better. Amen. It actually makes you worse, a worse lover than a better lover. Amen. It's a fallacy because what happens is the man is looking at so many different people, so many, a variety. So what happens is you lose your desire for your own spouse. Are you listening to me, what I'm saying today? You can lose your desire because now you, you, you're seeing everything that you, you know, that's being put before you. And you're looking at, I'm telling you, we were never look, meant to look at images like that. Amen. It will destroy your life. And, it will dis, and the, the studies say it will actually destroy your sex drive. You know, what it says is that, that when you view images on the internet, pornographic images... It, it, it dumps dopamine into your mind or, or to your brain. That's a feel good. And, it, and it, it's like a drug. So it, it, it would be no different than snorting cocaine. That's how bad it is. And that's how addictive it can be. And it's a, it's a, it's a chemical called dopamine. And a, a woman can receive dopamine. And it's a high that you can get. And, you get, and so you go after the feeling of the high for an escape or whatever, and, and you have dopamine, and you got to have to have more dopamine being poured into your brain, so that means you got to look at more of it to keep it going to get that high. Are you hearing what I'm saying to you today? That's how, how it works with drug addicts, too. They, they only have to have more and more of the substance to, to get that same high that they had before. And so dopamine, it, it'll make you a dope, and it'll make you mean to your spouse. I, I just threw that in, but it, it will. Sin will make you stupid. 
will cause you to do stupid things. Are you listening to me today? Man, this is the first time I ever preached on this subject. I hope I'm doing well. Amen. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. I was a little nervous about preaching it today. Sex. I'm like, oh, my God. I'm going to be mentioning sex more than I mentioned uh, love or the word of God. (laughs) This is a little scary for me. But help me. Pray for me. Sex. uh, Also, they they did brain scans on people that, that view porn. Regularly, and they found that their brains were no different than somebody being on drugs. It actually will mess up your brain. CNN says that it will mess up your cell phone if you're looking on your cell phone. They said, new, 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 I read this. CNN says you don't want to be watching it on your phone because you get all these malware, they call it. Malware and all these things. And it, it goes into your phone and it's all this, it's, 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 programs that's designed to hijack your phone. So it will hurt your phone too, amen? In other words, your phone could get a virus. Amen. And so line number four, sex is just a physical thing. It's just a physical thing. No, sex is more than a physical thing. It is a spiritual thing. God created sex to be the highest order of intimacy in a relationship. It's designed to touch every part of our being, spirit, soul, and body. That's why God had it in the confines of marriage. Again, inside of marriage is going to be the most beautiful thing in the world, but outside of marriage, it can be the most destructive thing in the world. Are you listening to me? So it has to be a marriage, marriage between one man and one woman. That's what marriage is. It's not between two people of the same sex. That's not marriage. Not defined in the Bible. So two people of the same sex is not a marriage. It's, it's an ungodly union. Yes, I said it. I'm not going to cut that out of my video. It's an ungodly union. And these people are just deceived. There's some people that, that believe they're Christians and, they, and they're practicing that lifestyle. Or they're getting married and, so it, it, and they, they assume because they're married, it's okay in the eyes of God. It's not. Amen. Amen. It's not how God created us. It's a perversion. And these people need to wake up and realize that. And they can come out of that in Jesus' name. In 1 Corinthians, it says this way. Do you not know, 1 Corinthians 6, 15 through 20. Do you not know that your bodies are a member of Christ himself? Shall I then take the member of Christ and unite them with a prostitute? Never. Do you not know that he who unites himself with a prostitute is one with her in body? For it is said the two will become one flesh. But whoever unites with the Lord is one with him in spirit. Now, now, flee from sexual immorality. All other sins a person commits outside the, uh, the body. But whoever sins sexually sins against his own body. Do you not know that your bodies are a temple of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you have received from God? You are not your own. You were bought at a price. Therefore, honor God with your bodies. That's what it says in Romans 1, 2. It says, it says, present your bodies as a living and holy sacrifice. In other words, your body doesn't belong to you. Yeah. What, Pastor? It, it's mine. I, I, it's my body. No, yeah, it is your body. But when you get Jesus in your life, you've given your life to God. And when you give your life to God, it is now God's body and not your body. Amen. And then you say, well, Pastor, you know, I, it's... What about in marriage? Is it still okay to dabble on the internet? No, because the Bible says that your body now not only belongs to Christ, but belongs to your spouse. 
What? The Bible actually says that the man's body belongs to the wife, and the wife's body belongs to the man. Are you hearing what I'm saying to you today? So, so there, there, you know, there's no doing it in seclusion by yourself. Having sex by yourself. It, 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 it's ungodly and it's not of God. Amen? Amen. And so let me give you four keys. I'm, I'm, I'm winding this down. Four keys in how to break sexual addiction in your lives. Number one, make a commitment to God's way. Make, make a commitment that you're going to live right. Make a commitment that you're not going to live uh, with somebody outside of marriage, which is, which, you know, when you're married and you're having a sexual relationship with somebody else besides your spouse, that's called adultery. I'm just going to give you, some people may not know that. And it's not just an affair. It's adultery. And uh, also, uh, when two single people are engaging um, uh, in, in sexual activity, that's called fornication. And the Bible says those who practice those things, those who practice things like that, shall not inherit the kingdom of God. Now, so, so I know some preachers say, well, that means that they're just, you know, not going to inherit the benefits of the kingdom. I don't know. It could mean more than that. Amen. Amen. We don't want to be practicing things that, that, that we fall in love with those things more than God. And then we don't want to be shunning God out of our lives. And so we need to be very careful that we're not practicing those things. That's why the Bible says this, that there's going to be many that will come in that day and say, Lord, Lord, haven't we done this in your name? And haven't we done that in your name? And he's going to say, depart from me. I never knew you. You who practices lawlessness. That's what it says. I know that's strong today. But we don't want to be practicing lawlessness. Now, that's a debate of once saved, always saved. And but, but in other words, even if you are saved and you make it in, how are, you may make it in a lot earlier. <laughs> in other words, your life might be cut short. You don't want your life cut short. You don't want, see, God has given you uh, gifts and, 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 and vision for your life. And you don't want to take that away. That's my second point. But it says here, come now, you know, make, make a commitment to God's way. In other words, repent. Turn to God and turn away from those things that are destructive. It says in Isaiah 1, 18 and 19, Come now and let us reason together, says the Lord. Though your sins are like scarlet, they shall be white as snow. Though they are red like crimson, they shall be as wool. If you are willing and obedient, you shall eat the good of the land. And I don't know about you, but I want, I, I want, I want the best of the land. I just don't want an average Christian life. I don't want to live like the world. I don't want to, what we compromise to get, we'll end up losing. I don't want to live a life of compromise. I don't want to live like that. I, I, I want to live like Paul. I want to buffet my body so I can keep it in check. So I won't, after I preach, I won't be disqualified. I want to make sure I'm keeping myself right. And whatever you... Do to get yourself right, do it in Jesus' name. Amen. You know, the Bible says this. It says in 2 Corinthians 6, 17 and 18, Therefore come out from among them 
And be separate, says the Lord. Do not touch what is unclean. And I will receive you. I'll be a father to you. And you shall be my sons and my daughters, says the Lord Almighty. What is he saying here? He's saying you will have such a relationship with God Almighty that he will become like that loving father that you need. And I'm telling you, that relationship will get you not only through this life, but get you to heaven with all the rewards attached to it. We have number two. Key, we need to learn to manage our minds. The devil's after your mind. He wants to destroy your life. Uh, let me give you a little bit more stats on, on, on the internet and on porn. 30% of the internet is being used by people viewing it. The, the, the porn industry makes more money than the NFL, NBA, baseball, and the National Hockey League combined. The average age of a young person seeing the first obscene image is around 12 years of age. So what am I saying to you today? I'm saying what Proverbs says in 423. Guard your heart. Above all else, for it will determine the course of your life. You must guard your heart. How do we do that? Put safeguards on your internet devices. Keep the wrong things from coming in. Uh, 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 there's a company called Covenant Eyes. It's a company that filters bad stuff out of the internet. and will also send reports... Uh, uh, to what you're looking at or what you're trying to find, it will send those reports to your spouse. Amen. I'll keep you. <laughs> that, that'll keep you in check. But I have a prenuptial agreement, Pastor. And my prenuptial agreement is that my wife can't know everything that I do. No, listen. Your wife is your best friend. Your spouse is your... They, they, your wife wants to protect you, husbands. Your wife wants to watch after you. Uh, are you hearing what I'm saying to you today? And husbands, you should be your wife's best friend. Amen. Are you hearing what I'm saying to you today? You need to be open to your spouse and allow them open access to your internet devices. That means that if your wife wants to take your phone and start looking at it, you should say, here you go. That's right. Amen. Your wife should be, able, you should be an open book. Can I get some? I, I know I got some ladies in here saying amen. And you should, they should, your, your spouse should know all your passcodes. They should be able to get into anything, anytime, any way. Why? Why? Because you need it. You're not hiding anything. Amen. You're not hiding anything. You're an open book, crystal clear. You're, you're, you got a clean phone, glory to God. I, I want to invent a phone that can't. That can't access that stuff, you know. I like to invent one, amen? amen. Hallelujah, and then build the kingdom of God with, amen? But, uh, but you need to understand, you need how to manage that, amen? So uh, 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 be open with your spouse, uh, with your kids. Don't, you know, have safeguards. Make sure that you're checking, uh, making sure that they're not, they, you know, you know what's going to get the kids? Curiosity. And you know what they say about curiosity? It kills the cat. So curiosity is one of the biggest reasons probably why some people go on and look. Because if it's so bad, you've got to look at it. Curiosity will destroy your life if you don't watch out. The Bible says we don't supposed to know, you know all the intricate details of evil. We're not supposed to study evil. No, we're supposed to study good. We're supposed, in evil things, we're supposed to stay far away from the evil things. We're not even supposed to look at evil things. Think about evil things. Explore evil things. No, we want to be on the side of good. How, how, do, how do the federal agents, how do they determine if money's counterfeit? 
They don't look at counterfeit money all day. They look at the real thing. They look at the real money. So when they look at the real money and they see that and they feel a counterfeit or look at it, they know immediately it's fake. And I would say this porn is fake sex. It's not real. It's made up. It's all lights and cameras and action. And it's not real. It's a phony, fake world that will destroy the person that's looking at it. Are you hearing what I'm saying? It's not real. It's a fantasy world. And you don't want your fantasies to become more real than the real life. Amen. Amen. Are you hearing what I'm saying to you today? Amen. Put filters on the movies that you're watching. VidAngel will, will filter out all the negative stuff. In a, well, Pastor, that takes a little bit of work. Yeah, but if you want to be free, you might do it. need to do a little bit of work. Uh, filter out. Before Yin and I watch a movie, we go to imdb.com. I had to make sure I got that right. imdb.com. And they will have a parental guidance, and they will tell you how much... If there's any nudity in a movie, they'll tell you any cursing in the movie, they'll tell you any blasphemy, they will give you all the stats. And then once you read that, you say, I don't want to see the movie anymore. Watch the movie with Vid Angel that will take all that stuff out. Normally it's only about five, three or four minutes out of the entire movie, but that three or four minutes can sink your boat. It's just a little bit. Somebody say a little bit. A little bit of sin will take you down. Amen. So Romans 8, 5 and 8 says this, For those who live according to the flesh set their minds on the things of the flesh, but those who live in accordance to the Spirit on the things of the Spirit. For to be carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace, because a carnal mind is enmity against God, for it does not subject, subject to the law of God, nor indeed can it be. So then those who are in the flesh cannot please God. So how do we please God? By faith. The Bible says the only way you can please God is by faith. So here it's saying that if we're in the flesh, we can't please God. So there's a possibility that that parts of our life can be in the flesh. And we don't want to be that. We don't want to be doing that. You know, I, I like what Psalms 101 says. I will behave wisely in a perfect way. Oh, when will you come to me? I will walk within my house with a perfect heart. See, you need to walk within your house with a perfect heart. And what that's saying, an upright heart. I will set nothing wicked before my eyes. I hate the work of those who fall away. It shall not cling to me. So, so what, is he, what, what is the psalmist saying? The psalmist is saying that he's making, a, you know, Job said, I make a covenant with my eyes that I won't look on a young maid. In other words, you need to make sure it's your eyes that will get you in trouble. Amen. That's what you got to make sure. You got to make sure that you're not allowing... Whatever there is the, uh, to come into your eye gates, you've got to be quick to shift your eyes. You've got to be quick. You, you remember what happened to Lot's wife, right? Remember that she was walking out of that city with Lot. They were walking out. They had specific instructions. Don't look back. Remember Indiana Jones? Remember that movie? They kept their eyes closed at the end of that movie. Amen. Why? And the angels came out of that. You remember? Okay. But that's not Bible. But... Uh, but, but Lot's wife looked back. Why? Because she longed that city. And she turned into a pillar of salt. Are you hearing what I, The devil wants to turn some of us into a pillar of salt. He wants to make us like a loaf of bread. Glory to God. Amen. Easily to be squeezed. 
The third key, and I'm closing here, is that you need to maintain healthy relationships. Do not be deceived. 1 Corinthians 15, Bad company corrupts good morals. We need to be careful with our associations. On the flip side of it, we need to have positive associations. We need to have people in our life that can hold us accountable. If you're a single person, have other people around you, your parents, your brothers and sisters, uh, people in the church to hold you accountable. Get people that, to hold you accountable. Don't be just a, uh, somebody that's, that's always fly, flying solo. That you got it handled. No, we need each other. We need other people around us. Sometimes you need a, a text from a friend saying that you can make it. Or God, God's with you and God's for you. You're not, are you hearing what I'm saying to you today? You need that glory to God. Amen. And the last key is to magnify God's plans for your life. Make God bigger in your life than anything else. It says in 2 Corinthians 7, 1, with promises like this pull, to pull us on, Dear friends, let make, let's make a clean break with everything that defiles or distracts us, both within and without. Let's make our entire lives fit and holy temples for the worship of God. So what am I saying to you today? God has a great plan for your life. God has an awesome plan for your life. But you know what? Sin can short-circuit the great plan that God has for your life. Sin can short-circuit the great plan that he has for your marriage, the great plan that he has for your career, the great plan that he has for you. It can short-circuit it. It, it short-circuited it for Saul. Saul's kingdom would have continued to go on if he was just obedient. David, we would have never heard about David if Saul was just obedient. His kingdom would have went forward. And it w- we would be talking about Saul and the great kingdom of Saul today instead of the great kingdom of David. Are you hearing what I'm saying to you today? Saul, he disobeyed God. He sinned. He wouldn't repent. He wouldn't change. And it made him a crazy person. Are you hearing what I'm saying to you today? So crazy that he wanted to kill David. Make, thinking that David was his enemy. And David wasn't his enemy. And that's what sin will do. It will cloud our judgment. It will get us thinking wrong about people. It will get us thinking wrong about our spouse. It will get us thinking wrong in every area of our lives. But we've got to make sure that we're cleansing ourselves. How do we stay cleansed? We, we, we stay cleansed by, by knowing that Jesus could come back any day. That, that he can split the eastern side. The Bible says we stay pure by realizing that Jesus could come any moment. You may not believe that. Well, it's not ready. The Antichrist is not here yet. Listen, Jesus can come any moment. Everything's on track for Jesus to come back. We're, I'm telling you, he's closer today coming back than, than yesterday. Of course, you say, yeah, of course, Pastor. But he's closer today. <laughs> Sounds good. He's closer today than yesterday. Jesus. <laughs> That's a no-brainer, Pastor, right? Jesus is coming back. And he's coming back for a bride. What kind of bride is he coming back for? A bride without spot or wrinkle. A, bar, a bride that's pure. A bride that, 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 that loves God. And that loves his appearing. That's what kind of bride he's coming. And I, I'm telling you, this church, he's coming for you guys. Because I'm not going to let you guys go down the tombs. I'm not going to let you guys go down the sin track. Oh no, I'm going to preach hell so hot that you don't want to go there. I'm going to preach heaven so good you want to get there. Are you hearing what I'm saying to you today? 
I'm telling you, I got uh, you people I know. This message is for the somebody that you're going to give a CD to. Glory to God. Because I know you guys are living right. But just in case, just in case, get right. Get right with God. Let's bow our heads in prayer. Father, we honor you this morning. We just thank you, Father God, that you're so good. You're so awesome. You're so glorious. We want you to be like a father to us. And we want to be like sons and daughters to you, Lord. Obedient sons and daughters. And I I know you're here today. Maybe you're watching on the internet. And you're watching me. And you know you have some issues. And I'm telling you, God is bigger than any issue that you're dealing with. And any addiction, that addiction can be broken off your life. And so if you haven't made Jesus Lord of your life, you need to make him Lord of your life today. Say this after me and me in your heart. Say, dear God, I believe Jesus, you died on the cross for my sins. Jesus, I believe you're raised from the dead for my justification. Jesus, I receive you today as Lord and Savior and I repent of all sin. Heavenly Father, fill me with your Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name, amen. We thank you for listening to this message. For more information, visit us at exceedlifechurch.org.